You're listening to The Real Well Show with Kathy Fetke, the real estate investor's resource. Fire is the new buzzword, and I'm not talking about the little fire emoji that everybody uses on Instagram to say that you're hot. I'm talking about the financial independence retire early movement. And today's guest is about to experience the fire movement thanks to his investment in multiple investment properties over the past years. I'm Kathy Fetke, and welcome to The Real Wealth Show. Adrian Risch is a business owner, husband, father of two young children, and financial provider for his mother. He purchased his first property in his hometown of Oakland, California in 2013. And after years as a do-it-yourself investor and property manager, Adrian discovered real wealth in 2020, which helped him diversify his real estate portfolio into other states and connect with like-minded individuals. And now that he's reached his financial goals and is about to be fire, he and his family are planning to move to Portugal. Adrian, welcome to The Real Well Show. I know you're going to inspire so many people in today's interview. Uh, I hope so. Um, I'm just talking about my story, but if it inspires others, then that's great. Well, normally I like to start with how you got started, but I kind of want to fast forward to right now. You are creating real wealth. You're living real wealth. You're moving to Portugal because mm-hmm. of all the properties that you've invested in. So let's talk about that. Where are you today and what are your plans? Um, well, as far as, um, the investments or as far as Portugal? Both. Yeah. How are you able to pick up and go move to Portugal? Well, um, a lot of it is, is mainly through real estate. Absolutely. Um, Portugal is unique in that, um, they have a passive income visa and they call it the, the uh, D7 visa. And essentially I think it was started initially just for folks on social security, um, that have some uh, sort of passive income. And um, that also extends to folks that have real estate or maybe you have dividends that are paying you from your stocks. And so for me personally, um, you know, over the years, uh, we acquired about 16 properties. And um, the uh, the bar is pretty low, actually, for most, I would say for most folks from, you know, most European or the, or the U.S. Um, as far as the passive income. Um, but we, you know, we wanted to look at it as, do we have enough to actually sustain our life in Portugal? And I think once we kind of realized, like, I think we do, um, we got really serious about, you know, planning this move. Now, will you be working from abroad or are you retiring young? Well, so I think the idea, we're not moving to Portugal for me to go work my butt off, but um, (laughs) at the same time, you know, I do have a lot of flexibility built in right now with the job. And so I do want to, I do want to figure that one out in the next coming months. I think that's the big um, question mark. But um, I think the idea is that we're doing this because I could theoretically quit working. So um, us getting comfortable with that, I think is is the next big step as well. So. And this is really a movement now, the FIRE movement, mm. the financial independence, retire early. Uh, yeah, tell me more about that because a lot of people don't realize that 10 years, I hate to say it, but like 10 years is going to pass. 20 yeah. years is going to pass too. Yeah. And what you do today is really going to create that future for you. And, and so when did you create this present day that was the future at one time? When did yeah. you get started? Um, well, so, I mean, fire, I had not heard about until I'd say like the last two years. Um, yeah. but you know, I'm, I've been taking care of my mom for a long time, even before I had my own family. So 
it got me thinking very early on. And for me, that was in 2015, um, that I really had to figure out a way, like, how do I sustain my mom's cost of housing? Um, she lives in the Bay Area, wants to stay in the Bay Area, um, without me being on the, on the hamster wheel and working more and more hours in order to pay for her cost of living, my cost of living, and then eventually wanting to have my own family. And so, um, I bought a multi-unit uh, housing building in Oakland, um, dealt with all kind of stuff, um, got my uh, real like PhD in <laughs> everything you can deal <laughs> with, with housing in the Bay Area. And, um, but eventually it worked out and um, I was able to house her. Um, I had rented out two units um, and I was living in one and we were kind of like cash flow neutral. Um, but for the first time, it wasn't me paying for my mom's housing. Uh, it was paid for by rentals. And so that really, you know, was a big light bulb moment for me of like, wow, this is really possible. And then beyond that, it was sort of like, well, wow, can we get our life expenses potentially paid for, um, you know, passively? Um, and real estate is, you know, obviously the, I'd say the most accessible vehicle to do that. So 2015 is kind of where it started. And then um, fast forward uh, last couple of years and really starting to get serious about the fire movement thing. Um, and initially I saw a, um, an interview with this guy, Mr. Money Mustache, he calls himself and <laughs> yeah. funny name, but he's a really sharp guy. Um, he's a lot more frugal than me, um, I would say, but it was still enlightening to watch and hear him talk about what it meant to be financially independent and retired early. And a lot of what he was talking about was, you know, a lot of what I was thinking about. And I think a lot of folks think about, which is how do you get off this hamster wheel? Um, and he focuses a lot on the cost side of things, um, focuses a little less on the, you know, the income generation side of things, which is where I wanted to kind of fill in the gaps because I didn't want to do this in a frugal way, especially with a wife and two kids and still having that responsibility for my mom. So, um, so yeah, so for for us, my wife and I, we got pretty serious about this rental stuff, and we did a 1031 exchange in 2020. Um, I think watching some of your interviews, uh, attending some of the conferences, and really starting to understand that we could do this out of state with property management in place, and I could get out of my own way. Um, that was the next big thing that really allowed us to start to scale this thing up a little bit um, to the point where we can now talk about, you know, potentially retiring early and moving to Portugal. Well, that was only three years ago. Yeah, yes. but, you know, I'll say, I mean, one of the benefits, for better or worse, that um, folks from expensive states like California have um, is that if you were one of the lucky ones, and it is pure luck um, that, you know, you had something <laughs> to start with, um, you did really well. And so being able to exchange one California property for multiple properties out of state, um, you know, it was a big leg up. Um, so that for me was a major head start. Um, and then it also just gave me a, you know, a, a different vehicle now to where I could put any money that I was making to use and continue investing out of state. So. Yeah. You make a really, really good point about that, that, um, you, you did, take those initial steps. When did you buy that multifamily in Oakland? That was in 2015. So you got a good price on that. And, and then you sold that to, to uh, buy the other properties? 10, yeah. 10, so 10, I did 31? 10, 1031 exchange for that one. Um, yeah. To buy other properties. Uh, my first property again was luck. I mean, I was just, uh, it was the first time I could actually think about 
uh, affording a property after paying back student loans and all the stuff that we all deal with. Um, and that was in 2013. I just bought a condo in Oakland to live in, um, not knowing anything about money, how to manage it. I just knew that, you know, they say that, you know, buying a, buying a place is better than renting. So I did that. And now looking back, you know, condos I know aren't always great investments. Um, but you know, being able to sell that in 2016, you know, also allowed me to, you know, afford that multi-unit and everything that went into that. And, you know, obviously, you know, continue to invest that estate. You know, it's, it's not necessarily luck. It's good timing to buy a condo in 2013 in Oakland. I just remember trying to get as many people as I knew all my friends to buy something. And it was really tough back then because there was, there was so much money chasing it. Mm. There were so many multiple offers at that time that my friends kept getting outbid, unfortunately. So good for you that you were able to to land I was listening to you back then. I knew nothing (laughs) about this stuff. I mean, I, if I could have started, I, I meet these people now who started in 20, 2009 or you know even 2013 and I mean generational wealth opportunity um, just incredible um, so now we're obviously we're in a different boat um, but I'm glad we have the portfolio we have and you know we're still continuing to assess and wonder you know is this market still the one to invest in so oh that is so yeah. exciting you listened to me way back then no 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 I I, oh. I wish I would have I wish I back. <laughs> Yeah, because I think we would be, you know, we'd be really well. I don't think we'd have a conversation about, you know, whether or not we could retire. I think we'd be, we'd be good. (laughs) You know, I, I ask myself the same thing. Why didn't I, why didn't we buy more? We were so busy helping other people. We kind of forgot to to do it ourselves. Um, Of course, we obviously bought property and, and uh, a lot in 2007. So yes, time passes. A lot of people just forget that little detail. We live we talk about inflation a lot right now. It's been, it was the theme, mm-hmm. of course, of 2022, but it is nothing new. Inflation has been here. All you have to do is look back at what properties cost in mm-hmm. the 70s and the 80s, the 90s, the 2000s. I mean, <laughs> if you bought at any stage, you made money over time. It's a, it's a long-term investment simply because our system is based on inflation. Mm-hmm. The Fed wants to create it at least 2%. Obviously, they're trying to bring inflation back down to 2%. But yeah. in housing, it's typically higher than that and is nothing new. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So good for you. Good for you. I, I know back when you started, there were some people saying that we were at a, in a bubble kind of people say it every year. But in 2014 was the year everybody was like, oh, we're in a bubble, but you still went for it. So, you know, what had you kind of go for it when there was some negative news back then again, about 10 years ago? Yeah. Well, again, uh, partially it was ignorant. So that, that (laughs) ignorance. (laughs) The other thing is, um, I, I think that was around the time I changed my mindset from looking at sort of capital appreciation or thinking about the value of things to also just thinking about cash flow. Um, I had never bought an investment property. So thinking about, um, again, just having my mom in mind and thinking about needing to figure out these monthly expenses, um, having a number, you know, for what is coming in passively, um, really was a mindset shift. So I was sort of like, even if I'm wrong and the value goes down, I knew that, um, you know, rents would, um, would more than pay for, you know, what my mortgage uh, interest and taxes, you know, taxes and insurance would be. So it was, it was really that yeah. simple. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. If if you can if you can cover your expenses on an investment, you know, especially one that you're living in, why would you not do that? Yeah. You know, why would you rent when you could be paying yourself? You become the landlord. Uh, yeah. Pay yourself instead. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, again, this is so often overlooked. Even today, people freak out a little bit more about the interest rate than the than the idea that maybe maybe it's not as bad mm-hmm. as they think or maybe they could just live a little further out. Uh, maybe not in the city center, just kind of move out a little bit, get, get something that makes sense. Or like you Mm. move to Portugal. I mean, as exotic and Mm. exciting as it is, it's also a a good financial plan. It's, it's pretty affordable. Yeah. You know, it, it, so they've dealt with inflation just like we have. Um, so it's not what it was in 2019. Um, it's definitely gotten more expensive, um, especially in the major cities like Lisbon and Porto. But um, the other cities outside of that um, really haven't experienced inflation the way that we have in the U.S. So the the bigger cities in Portugal, I think, um, have been due to things like the golden visa that have brought, you know, a lot of wealthier investors into that market. It's driven prices a, a, up a lot, like since 2019. But um, I think you've probably heard the golden visa. It looks like it's ending, at least for real estate investors. And so it'll be interesting to see what that means for their housing market. Um, but you know, it's, it's definitely cheaper than the Bay area, but most places are. So, so where do you plan to live? We're going to be in Lisbon year one. Mm-hmm. Um, and the idea is that, you know, we'll rent year one and then, um, reassess some of the folks that we met during our scouting trip mentioned, uh, you know, some of them own and some of them mentioned, uh, some of the business opportunities that they see there. And so, um, you know, we're excited just to go with this eyes wide open and, um, go to a new place, discover it as a family. And then, you know, if there are business opportunities as well, then, you know, awesome. Like we would be great to have an international real estate portfolio as well. So, well, yeah, if you, obviously my daughter, I had her on the real well show to talk about the golden visa. Uh, but outside of the golden visa, because you can't finance, uh, you can, but it doesn't really count towards the visa. Mm-hmm. But if you just get a loan, um, yeah. over there, it's pretty amazing interest rates. Yeah. So buying property outside of the golden visa can be pretty lucrative. We're, we're going to be looking into that. She's going back to Europe at the end of the month to nice. check I, I that love, out. I'd love to piggyback on you guys if you, if real wealth is going out there. So yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll find out. We'll share information for sure. Okay. And why not have a, uh, diverse portfolio? <laughs> um, okay. So how many properties do you currently have? Uh, 16, um, two of those are duplexes, but yeah, 16, 16. And it's providing enough cash flow that you can be fire. You could be financially independent, retire early. Yeah. 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 Wow. It feels weird to say that, but, but yeah. Yeah. And just in just a matter of years, that's, that is inspirational. I'm so for somebody just listening now and thinking, yeah, but you started in 2013 and it's a different market. What, what would you say to them? So it's really hard for me. I think a lot about this because I, you know, I have um, younger cousins in my life and, you know, younger friends who are kind of saying that. Um, And in some ways they're right. Yesterday was always the best time. Um, And these last uh, couple of years have been unusual um, in the amount of money printing and the amount of appreciation that has been experienced. Um, But, you know, Look, I, I can't tell you. I think that's your job to say if, if, if it's a good market today to buy. Um, but I do know that, you know, a couple things still ring true. One of those is that, you know, if the deal makes sense on day one, it's always a good time to buy. Um, you know, if it doesn't, it doesn't. But 
um, you know, in most cases, um, you know, I'm, I do see, especially with some of the builder incentives um, and some of the uh, property management discounts that are being offered, um, you can make deals make sense, um, even in this market. Yeah, that's that's what I would say is last year was a seller's market. It was the seller who had the power. Yeah. There was multiple offers. It was hard to find, even find a deal, yeah. uh, let alone be the one that, that gets it. Uh, so that's all reversed. You're, yeah. you're getting properties for less. You, the, if you buy a new property, which is great for owning mm-hmm. out of state, why not get something that's not going to yeah. really need much work? Uh, and, and the builders are really incentivized to, to move product. They, they've got loans. Mm. So they're willing to pay down points to bring your, your loan down. So uh, yeah, I think obviously people are going to say, well, of course you're going to say that you're in the business, <laughs> but, um, but you know, I, we don't need to work anymore. We do this because we care about our, yeah. about our employees and about our members building wealth and hearing stories like yours. And you know, why would you not buy in a down market? Why would you not buy when there's not as much competition and when you could get discounts? And I do believe that uh, interest rates will come back down probably this summer or the end of the year because inflation will start to look better. When you're looking year over year, mm. it was last summer that it really peaked 9%. Yeah. So when we get to this summer, you know, the Fed's doing everything they can to fight it. It's going to be lower, most likely, than last year. Yep. So, and of course, uh, interest rates follow inflation. So with inflation kind of trending down, um, I'm, I'm optimistic. And when that happens, we already just saw it in November and December when rates went under 6%, we had another boom. We had, we had bidding wars again. So you, you have this pocket, this window right now where you don't have those bidding wars. So anyway, yeah, it it makes sense. And the, you know, some of the deals, I I mean, we've even looked at recently, um, within real wealth. Um, I think even those, uh, like the Indiana, uh, duplexes that I think, um, are, are phase two, that's coming about like a lot of those deals still make a lot of sense. Um, the numbers look great. The only thing I'll say is that, um, what we've been dealing with is past 10 loans, the whole non QM world, the loans look a little different than the Fannie Freddie. So we have to adjust, um, you know, all the pro formas for those new rates, which vary widely. And, uh, sometimes they make sense. Sometimes they don't, it kind of depends on the week. Um, but if someone's still like under the first 10 loans and dealing with, uh, you know, can still get Fannie Freddie loans. I mean, the de- there's still some really attractive deals out there, especially if you can get those subsidized loans. So. Yeah. So for anyone, um, trying to understand the jargon, it was new to it. G- uh, QM is qualified mortgage and it's conventional backed by the U S government. That's Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac. So it tends to be lower and you're allowed to have up to 10 investor loans once you get, pa- well, and also if, if you're married and both of you are mm-hmm. working and both can qualify separately, you would qualify separately. Don't, don't be on each loan, have, you know, the husband's on, yeah. on 10 loans and the wife's on 10 loans. Um, then you can get up to 20. And then after that, you're out of, out of that territory and into more private lending, uh, that is, you know, non-conventional mm-hmm. and it's just different private investors with different rates. And it's been pretty, pretty high. Yeah. Um, although we do have some, uh, that, that seem to be bringing it back down into the range of the conventional, but yeah, the terms are definitely different. Uh, what is, what are you seeing for rates? Oh man. Um, well recently, I mean, I got quoted something around seven, it was like 7.2%, but then that was with three points. Mm-hmm. And 
I, I mean, this is just higher than I'm used to. I know for uh, folks who were buying property in the 70s or in the 80s, that probably looks uh, still attractive. But to someone who's gotten used to the 3%, 4%, it is shocking to see because it it's double the payment. Um, you know, but rents are also going up. So, you know, to your point, you know, we still kind of toy around with the idea of like, hey, if you're right and that, you know, rates, you know, do come back down and you have the opportunity to refinance, um, being able to buy something now where there's less competition and, you know, being able to refinance and, you know, actually increase your cash flow could be a really attractive and smart play. Um, you know, we're just, we're just, uh, we're just still on the fence about that one. So. Yeah. Do, how do the numbers work at that rate? They, they, you know, it almost be neutral. Like I, I think, I don't think we'd be cash flow positive or negative. It, it almost comes into like, you just have a renter paying off the, you know, your payment. Um, yeah. and you know, for some people that are, you know, at early stages of building wealth and not, you know, trying to retire anytime soon, I mean, it could be a really smart strategy, especially with like a five plus year time horizon. Um, you know, it's just, again, you, you know, you get married to the deals of yesterday and you kind of <laughs> long for them to come back. So, yeah, it's, uh, in my opinion, almost a certainty that rates will come down because the fed is doing everything they can. To, oh, I hope you're right. Yeah, yeah. To kill inflation. Right. And, um, you know, they will. And I think most economists are in agreement that we'll see a recession, whether it's mild or not, um, by the end of the year or next year. Uh, and, and when, when that happens, when we start to see jobless claims increase, which oh, we haven't mm -hmm. ever so slightly, but, uh, still very low. Uh, but when we see that, because again, that's what the fed's trying to do and they usually get what they want. Um, then, then those are the, early signs of recession, at which point everything would reverse and they cut rates. And, and again, mortgages, mortgage rates follow inflation. So, um, so yeah, you know, it's a, it's an interesting time, but I just wanted to congratulate you for creating your dreams for yourself and your family. I wanted our listeners to see that it's real, that it works. Um, you're the reason we do this. Thank you. Thank you. And what I'm, I'm really grateful to networks like yours. I mean, um, it, it, it is daunting to think about investing out of state when you know nothing about it. All I knew was my home local market, um, which was not a very attractive place to invest. Um, and so, you know, I really appreciate you guys opening the doors and doing all the legwork to connect us with folks all over the nation who are, you know, building great properties and, you know, there to help us managing, you know, manage those properties too. I, you know, one way to get over the fear and really it is our mission and purpose to, to help more families experience, not necessarily fire. I, I'm not a big advocate of retiring early, but mm -hmm. I am an advocate of having the option. So That's that if you call it, I call it work optional. Um, yeah. so the idea isn't just to go, you know, just, you know, bounce around for years with nothing to do. The idea is to actually have the, the freedom and the choice to be able to say yes and no to opportunities and, you know, like I said, jump off that hamster wheel when you want. If you want to jump back on it, you know, you know, you can as well. So, yeah, no, I love that. Uh, it's very inspiring. Uh, so, one way to get over that fear of the unknown is to go know it. And that's why we're hosting a bunch of tours this spring to help people understand more. If you, if you go to the market, you see the properties, you talk to the neighbors, you drive by the, um, you know, the employment centers, it, it gives a lot of, um, you know, 
just confidence. Did you do that? I mean, what, what helped you get through that fear and that block of investing? in? A I think it was see? that. I think, well, A, it was attending one of your conferences where I got to hear all the property managers speak, um, got to talk with them in the hallways. I got to meet other investors who had done it um, to convince me that I'm not crazy, that there are folks who've already found success doing this. Um, and the other was, yeah, I, I did go to a market. I did go out to Florida. I checked out some of the properties in Jacksonville and Ocala. And, um, and that just gave me a sense of, okay, this is real. I can, I can now, you know, I can touch it. I can feel it. Um, and so that when I went back home, um, I now am so comfortable with the networks that I, I can buy sight unseen now. Uh, whereas that once sounded so crazy to me. Um, so yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's about it. Yeah, no, it's, it's so important. So if you do want to find out about those tours, you can go to realwealth.com and click on upcoming events or on the, the learn tab. Uh, I think it's the learn tab. I'll have to look that up. Uh, I'll be at the Tampa tour and we'll have our investment counselors at the different events and our property team. So it's, it's a lot of fun. Again, you do get to meet other investors and find out what other people are doing. It, it helps build that confidence. All right. Any last words for our listeners? Um, advice or tips? You know, I think, um, thinking about your fire number, I, you know, again, this is called work optional for me, but, um, just thinking about what that number is, um, you know, really gave me a goal, um, to go after. And so, yeah, I'd encourage, you know, others to really think about that number. Um, and usually it's just thinking about, you know, what do you need per month? Um, in order to achieve that milestone one, which might be your housing paid for, um, you know, which might be your kid's education, which might be your student loans paid off, whatever it may be, thinking about those numbers and getting very tactical with it and thinking about how real estate, you know, can help, you know, accelerate that for you, I think is, is just such a powerful tool. Yeah. Love that. Or taking yeah. care of your family like yeah. you're doing. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, Adrian, thank you so much for being here on the Real Wealth Show and inspiring our, our audience. I, I know you did. Thanks for having me. And thank you for joining me here on The Real Wealth Show. If you'd like to find out more about those property tours and different markets around the country coming up this spring, you can go to realwealthshow.com and just click on the Connect tab. I'm Kathy Betke. Thank you so much for joining me here today on The Real Wealth Show. Views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to realwealthshow.com.